to the Across the Pond NFL podcast. It's time for another preview of a wildcard game. We had Browns-Texans earlier. We've now got what will be the first lot of Sunday games as the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and I'm this week. I'm joined by a plethora of guests. First of all, in the um, black and white, black and yellow corner, with us today is Freddie Hall. Freddie, how are you? Doing very well, thank you, Andy. Appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure having you on. The other member in our black and yellow corner is also a Freddie, as we have Freddie Harper-Davis. Freddie, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very happy that we've uh, managed to sneak our way into the playoffs, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure the city of Pittsburgh is um, building up murals for uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and the Jags, right? Absolutely. We we, <laughs> we, we, we love a bit of the Jags. Uh, thanks for falling apart for us. <laughs> yeah. well, I remember me and Freddie came on literally um, to review, I think it was review week 17, we were talking about the permutations of Pittsburgh getting in, and uh, it seemed like a lot had to go your way, and it turns out that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a nail bite in few moments for sure. Um, but uh, I don't know. Going into the going in early in the week, I was very negative, nearly. But when it came down to sitting down to watching the telly, and it was like, oh, well, Jags have got to lose. I was thinking, well, this this is entirely possible. The Titans are a, a, a decent offense. Um, you yeah, know, nothing to write home about, but. The Jags have been on decline a little bit. Like it felt like it was a bit more feasible than when people were just reading out in the week, like, oh, this needs to happen, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. So, yeah, I suppose perspective came back around. And uh, I mean, we did ourselves a favor beating the Ravens as well. Obviously, a weakened Ravens. It'll be a lot different if we come up against them in the playoffs again, I think, um, when they're at their full strength and full might. But we've just got to overcome the Buffalo Bills first. And speaking of which, in our blue, white and red corner, we've got with us today Charlie Nelson. Charlie, welcome back to the show. Yeah, great to be back. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all. Now, we're meant to have a second Bills fan, uh, David, who's been on the podcast before. He um, hasn't been able to make it, so it is two against one. But with you know, with my um, sort of my allegiances, it's technically three against one. So I, I do apologise, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a little bird told me that you're a, you're a closet Bills fan after your trip to Buffalo, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've made some good friends there, but I, um, especially after last weekend, especially I, uh, I can't, um, I can't root for the Bills. I think the fans, I can sort of, I think if they're gonna win it, I think that I'll be happy for you guys because you are the best fan base in the league. But um, yeah, no, I, I can't say I, I root for them too hard, especially now they've um, broken my heart. The problem is with Miami fans, there's not many of them left. They keep selling their tickets to Bills fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that was really like really Bills dominated. I mean, we saw it in London. I mean, we all. About the Bills Jags game, and that was Bills heavily, heavy. And um, it seems like Miami was filled for the Bills fans once again. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was you know, I feel like a sort of 50 50 crowd. I mean, it was weird if you listen to the audio of the um, John T. Hardy uh, punt return, it's it's loud. <laughs> there was a lot of Bills fans there, but yeah, I mean, we always say amongst Bills Mafia, there's no such thing as a part time Bills fan, you know, you're in, you're all in, and um, uh, yeah, we, we travel en masse, it's fair to say. Although there's quite a lot of tickets going quite cheaply this uh, this weekend, I think both uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo fans have seen the weather and uh, don't fancy it so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, and what was your reaction to winning the division? Because it seemed like what a month and a half ago, a month ago, it seemed like it was ours to lose, and it seemed like there was no way back. I mean, you had that 
daunting schedule of um it was and it was definitely Chiefs and Cowboys. I believe the Eagles were in there as well. Yeah. And everyone thought, right, that that's it. They're gonna lose at least two to three games. They're gonna lose maybe even lose all three. And uh, Dolphins are gonna win most of their games and that'll be it. But you know, you beat the Cowboys, you beat the you beat quite convincingly, you beat the Chiefs as well. Uh and yeah, you've gone on and beaten us on the last day and you've won the division. I mean, just yeah, how surprising that to you? Because yeah, it just seems for so long that it was it was done. So how good is it for you to not only win the division but also get the second seed? Just how incredible of an achievement is that for your team, who at one point apparently done by the media? Obviously, you fired Kendall. Yeah. The hiring of Joe Brady seems to have completely uh, galvanized his offense. Yeah, I think that, and also this uh, the story that came out about um, Sean McDermott and this sort of weird, weird comments. It seemed to really galvanize the team, the players that are there to back Sean. And um, we've had some scheme changes, of course, with Joe Brady. Um, when we were six and six, I think there was something like a two percent chance of us winning the division and getting the second seed. It was, it was kind of, kind of crazy. Um, I always knew though that Miami had that really tough end of the year schedule so i thought that if we could get, make a run it would be great if that week week 18 game was for the division and of course that's again how it played out um i mean once you guys really struggled against the ravens and the injuries piling up i felt relatively optimistic but yeah to win the division from that position of six and six um 11th in the afc at that point in uh <laughs> in the calendar i think it was the beginning of december it seemed like an awful long way off but this afc is a gauntlet i mean there were so many what was it seven seven teams eight eight and seven teams Teams. it was always going to be really tight but the bills had to sort things out and um we've seen josh being allowed to run again uh which he really didn't do much under ken dorsey using his legs that adds that extra weapon to the to the team you just saw how impactful that was against uh miami on on sunday yeah certainly it's going to be an exciting game in in buffalo uh six o'clock on sunday for uk fans and that's going to be a 1 p.m eastern kickoff for those in the states um, of course, the Bills are the second seed. The Steelers are the seventh seed. So we all know who the bookies' favourites are. But Freddie Harper Davis, of course, no TJ Watt. Um, how it, with him not being there as well, your best player, but I think by some distance. How would you? How just how can the Steelers beat the Bills on Sunday? Um, well, this is a nice easy question to to launch uh, ourselves into. I, I, I think. Well, Nick Herbig's going to be a big part to play, obviously, also from Wisconsin. Um, so another guy who's we've brought in intentionally for this sort of scenario where um, we've decided to, after last year and we lost TJ Watt for a big chunk of last season, we went, right, hang on a minute. What if this happens again? What if we lose TJ? Have we got the backups in place to be able to at least have some sort of fallback if it all went wrong and we could then... Um, at least then not fall apart because we are one and ten. One and ten without TJ Watt. I don't think people outside of Pittsburgh realize just how important TJ Watt is. And I hear all these Miles Garrett lovers about they how he should win defensive player of the year. Nonsense. TJ Watt walks up. If anyone sensible looks at the defensive player of the year rankings, TJ Watt wins that by a landslide. Um, but uh, I'm not in PFF, so I, I can't put them right. But um no, more seriously, I think it's it's always an uphill struggle going to Buffalo at, at, at the best of times. But without TJ Watt, it's going to be a real struggle. One advantage for us, so and unlike Miami, if Miami were going to Buffalo, is the wind, the cold weather. Actually, that doesn't put off the Steelers at all. It probably benefits us in many ways because we've got that run game, which has been really, really good over the last sort of six or seven weeks. Um, finally, we've managed to have some sort of offensive line performance so we can actually get the likes of Warren and 
Najee Harris actually getting some some decent yards on the ground. Um, and we saw in the performance in Baltimore on Saturday night with the it was just horrendous rain. Wasn't really a passing day. Mason Rudolph only had two incompletions. Yet he only had one big play, but that's how we won the game. So yeah, I think the weather will help us. Um I think running the ball and grounding on the Bills is our our best shot. Um but I'd be lying if I sat here and thought I'm confident we're going to go into Buffalo and beat them, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, the, th- the thing is that, you know, the playoffs are the playoffs and, you know, it's a kind of year where there are shocks and it's, you know, almost a different tournament completely to the rest of the season. So I think you've got to view it as, you know, if you win it, you can win it. And I think we've seen, you know, shocks over the years. Um, I mean, I can't think on top of my head, but I can't think on that. But it's been plenty of shocks um, in recent years. And, you know, I think this game, I think, has the most potential for a shock. Even with TJ Watt out, I think that run game you mentioned there, I think it's a really good. Um, I think I think that's your way of winning. I don't think Mason Rudolph wins you that game. And now with TJ Watt out, you can't really say he'll win you the game on defense. So I think the likes of um, splitting the rep between Jalen uh, Warren and Najee Harris, I think, is is probably the key to winning this game, particularly on offense. Um, but for you, Charlie. Um, obviously, you've got a defense which has players such as Leonard Floyd, Ed Oliver, you know Greg Russo. These players have the potential to to stop the likes of G. Harris and Jalen Warren. And they, these aren't like big names. These not these not big names like Aaron Donald or Miles Garrett or TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. These are just a lot of really good players. So, just how do you see them dealing with that run run attack that Pittsburgh have to offer? Yeah, it's a good question. And honestly, if uh, we were playing this game three or four weeks ago, I'd be way more concerned because we had Daquan Jones out for most of the season. He's our he's our one tech, and he's absolutely critical to um, to stopping the run game. Um, Greg Rousseau on the edge is excellent. He's one of the best run defenders in the league. Ed Oliver is also really, really good. It is a, a really good unit. Um, and... However, the Bills have surrendered yards on the ground over the season. Uh, they are inclined to do that. Not typically to play after play after play, but they're, they're a bit inclined to lose the old explosive play, you know, where somebody runs for 40, 50 yards, you know, one mistake here, one mistake there. Um, I do think our linebackers have been pretty good at, at, um, at, uh, at stopping the run generally um, when we face these sort of strong running teams. But I think it's the main weapon that, that Pittsburgh have. I think the, the one thing that, perhaps is in our advantages that we're not especially worried about Mason Rudolph hitting us over the top so they can go all in, stop the run and and play you know, play man coverage in the secondary. I think that's the that'll be the tactics. And obviously with the weather, um, you know, it's gonna be a low scoring game, probably an ugly game. It'll be one of those games where a field goal isn't a bad result <laughs> if you can get it through the sticks with the wind. Um, so, you know, anything can happen. But I think the Bills generally speaking are relatively well set up again in, in this matchup on defense. Now, switching from defence to from Buffalo to Pittsburgh, now Freddie Hall. Um, now, you mentioned, obviously, what's a big absence but we've seen Josh Allen. We saw it last week. We've seen it pretty much for his whole career. He has these moments where he has these mental blocks and he makes these terrible throws or incompletions or fumbles. I think we saw three turnovers in the Dolphins game. And whilst I do think that um, he's going to call back that, it doesn't bother him because he can just go and win you a game even with those in mind. But... Do you think the likes of maybe Joey Porter, Mika Fitzpatrick on this on the secondary, they're going to, on terms of your defense, especially with what no longer there in this game, just how crucial thing they're going to be in terms of, you know, Stefan Diggs hasn't been really himself, I don't think, the last few weeks. Gay Davis has had his moments, but he's very hit miss. Um, so do you think that's potentially your way of winning? The fact that if you do get stuck on your offense, on your defense, Josh Allen 
could have on his days and you can use the likes of Fitzpatrick and Porter or even someone like Demonte De Cazé and they could even be the guys that could could win the game through interceptions, through, you know, even coming through the nickel and forcing Josh Allen to fumble it. Is that potentially where you can win on defence without without TJ Watt? I think with our secondary this year, it's been it's been all right. I've always been quite negative about our secondary this season. However, when I talk to on the on the franchise tag and to other um other supporters of the NFL, they're always like, well, no, your your secondary is really good. It's just you're used to very, very good secondaries, whereas we all around the league actually don't have very good secondaries. So I, I think I, I've been quite critical, but that's how you beat us is going over the top. Um, I think Joe Porter is coming on strides and strides. I think Patrick Peterson's a player that's really important in this sort of game, the experience he brings. Um, we've we've had our linebacker injuries and they've played at a decent standard for in the closing out of the season. And I would say we we are you know a great, great defense with TJ Watt in the league in the team. But we are still a very good defense with TJ Watt out of the team. I think uh, Alex Highsmith has got to be looking at having a really big game. Um, if we can force the pressure to Josh Allen, he, I mean, he's pretty good in in pressured situations. But if he, we force him just to make one or two mistakes, that is what tips the balance in these playoff games is them little mistakes. But I have to echo what Charlie uh, said. I think it's going to be a little bit of a 1990s style game. It's going to be very run heavy. And really, that has actually suited the Bills, who were more famously for getting it to Diggs, getting it to Gabe Davis, getting it to their tight ends, and they've reverted to James Cook a bit more, and it's been really successful for them. And um, I think there is a little bit of frustration maybe in the Buffalo receiving call because they're becoming a little bit less pass-heavy. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to switch off. Diggs and, and Davis are both really good receivers, Diggs especially. Um, and your tight end unit is really good as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it it will be definitely a battle. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to echo Charlie's um, prediction, but it was probably going to be low scoring and maybe a field goal in it. Um, I, I don't think either of these teams are running away. Um, it, and it also depends. It depends. Um, it, it it depends really on 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 who can really stretch the margins and and really you know try and push the mistakes in this game. Yeah, and I think you know, look the likes of um, you know, Mason Rudolph is not you know he's not the quarterback of the future for your team. He's not. I wouldn't say he's even a top fifteen starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks in the league, but he mm-hmm. has his games where he can be awfully productive. And I think that if you've got people like Pickens and Johnson, and even on his day, I know his day has been long gone, but Alan Robinson, I think that. You know, there's a potential there. We've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks, you know, the likes of um, Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco in recent weeks, all do well despite not being the best quarterbacks in the league. So do you think potentially, this goes to either Freddie, really, uh, do you think that that's potentially, you know, um, being overlooked, the fact that Mason Rudolph maybe isn't as bad as people would say, and he's got weapons there, like we've mentioned, the G. Harrison Warren in the running game, but I think... You look at those receiving core, and I think that as a as a city as a duo, maybe even a trio, as well as like Sir Pat Frymuth in your, as a tight end, I think that maybe your offense is being maybe overlooked slightly. Yeah, I sorry, uh, Freddie, I'll, I'll go in there and pass it on to you. I'm sure you may echo my you may echo my feelings. You may think I'm complete rubbish, and you've got a different bit. Uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, I think, has outplayed a lot of the backup quarterbacks in the last two weeks, three weeks. I think he's been severely. Un, uh, underrated um you know it's uh, you only look across the division and you got joe flacco who, who has outplayed he's one of the only backups so he has outplayed mason rudolph i think jay browning had a good start and it, it sort of dipped off and 
It sounds silly, but I, I do think it's true. Out of the three quarterbacks that we've started this year, I'm most confident in Mason Rudolph to, to maybe win this game out of all three. Um, I just, I think that he has experience. You sort of said about that we wouldn't really be going over the top. Yeah, weather permitting, we might not be, but I still think Rudolph can do it. I still think he's done it in the last few weeks where he's been, he can go over the top if he wants to. And it, it only takes a trick play or... Or, or a draw play where he, he has a go at that and maybe the, there is the one-on-one matchups and, and um, the Bills have a, a pretty all right secondary, but there's definitely moments where we can take advantage. Um, Frymouth is, is an excellent tight end. I rate him over a, a lot of tight ends, probably over... Uh, probably uh, uh, not overrate, but I overrate him can, because I'm a Steelers fan. I'm, I have the bias towards him, I suppose. I think he's a great safety valve. I think every team needs someone like that, and, and he's really good for the Steelers. So I, I actually have a lot of confidence in Rudolph, and that's why I am probably a bit more positive about this game than it maybe would have been, say, halfway through the season. Now, other Freddie, um, your thoughts on Rudolph, and I want to ask you as well, I've already talked to our... Freddie Hall about this when he came on a couple weeks ago about Kenny Pickett. Now, if Mason Rudolph goes out to Buffalo in that snow and wins a game, even if he were, even if he doesn't win or not and has a good game, is Pickett done or do you see anybody back? Because from the refusing to um, be a backup and all his struggles this year, and really last year he wasn't that great. Really, if Mason Rudolph goes in and has a really good game and just loses, or if he beats the Bills. Is Rudolph the starter next year for you guys? Well, the first thing I'll say is Kenny Pickett never refused to be a backup. Don't listen to Mark Madden. Um, but <laughs> secondly, that, that's that's nonsense. I'm not even going to even talk about that. So it is, it is a load of rubbish. But as for um, as for the Mason Rudolph, if he performs in Buffalo, I'll say yes, really. But I, I always like I've always liked Kenny Pickett, and to be honest, in the one one of the big games he played without. The guy I've mentioned so many times over the years on here, um, offensive coordinator. I'm not mentioning his name, but his uh, his surname is north of the border, very near Buffalo. <laughs> um, without him, he was very good. But then what we've seen with Mason Rudolph, let's just consider the de- defense he's played against. The Bengals' defense has been atrocious this year. Uh, uh, nothing short of atrocious. And Kenny Pickett, again, threw for 300-odd yards against them. So... Again, turn perspective. Seahawks, we ran all over them. They're again another defense has been pretty poor this year, and the Ravens were resting a lot of players. So I'm I'm still waiting to see really what we've got with Mason Rudolph. He's been very very solid, admittedly against three not brilliant defenses, but we're coming up against the Bills in Buffalo in their prime conditions. They've got some very very good players on that defense. This is the test and. Um, We've seen so often the Steelers end the season very strong in the regular season, come up against a really good team away in the first round of the playoffs, and then they just get blown apart. So it's, it, I don't know, I am I am reasonably confident, particularly in our, as you mentioned, all the offensive players we've got. And I think our offense is a bit underrated. Um, we've certainly got some, some players that I very much love. I love Deontay Johnson. I think he's been much maligned for far too long. Um but I, I'm I'm I I love our running back duo, uh, Najee Harris, another one who I'm really glad now he's putting in some, who's getting some yards for his for his efforts. Um, so yeah, I I think we've got some really talented players, but uh, there's a big but we 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 have got some some holes and as Freddie mentions, 
at mid linebacker is another thing we haven't really mentioned here. We've we lost both of our key players in that position within a week of each other out for the season. We haven't got TJ Watt. So that linebacker line is looking really quite weak at the minute. Alex Highsmith has to step up. Cam Hayward's got to step up. Um, we've got to stop that their run game as much as they've got to stop ours. I think it'll be a bit too much, but there is some hope for the Steelers, I think. Now we will get sorry, Andy. sorry to sorry to interrupt you, Andy. Off of off of very hard days, because I, I do feel Charlie's probably feeling very outnumbered now. If if it was one team that we had to lose to, I'm okay with it being the Bills because I've I've definitely pounded the drum for the last two years that they should be winning the Super, they should be winning the Super Bowl, and I fear that you are dangerously close to the window, maybe shutting. So I I think if if we do lose to the Bills, you know it's it's a tip of the cap. They're a really good team, and I but my thing would be go go and win it all. Go go and go and win and, and beat the Chiefs. Don't let the Chiefs win yeah. yet again. Let's not have another. You know, let's not. Let's, it's, it becomes very dull very quickly when we I have think, the same teams in it all yeah. the time. So. I think the Ravens are the one team that worry me the most. But I, I think uh, Freddie, you mentioned a really good point, which is I think the way that the Bills are going to attack this is to is to use their linebackers and attack that. Um, you know, go attack those linebackers with our uh, with our tight ends I think Dalton Kincaid is key in this game and also Khalil Shakir been playing really well as a slot receiver he was our best receiver against Miami um, and I think them with James Cook um, you know, we know that Josh Allen can throw it through the wind and I think that's how they're going to attack it that's the that's the that's the gap but it's playoff football it's it's going to be bad weather it's going to be gritty it's going to be smash mouth and it's not going to be pretty but um, it feels like the Bills have one or two cracks that they can exploit a few more than, than the Steelers can. Yeah, as Freddie saw, really a nice segue into what I wanted to ask you because uh, now I'm going to take into account that the first game was without Josh Allen, not you know, if you drafted that point, I don't think. The next time it was, he was still learning. But McDermott's playoff record is four and five. Now, does this worry you at all? Because it's, you know, we know the Bills' history, four Super Bowl losses, blah, 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 blah. But there's been a lot of disappointment in recent years. You know, look at the Bengals game in the snow last year. Look at the infamous 13 seconds. And there's been a lot of disappointment in McDermott. If I'm honest, yet is yet to prove to me in a postseason scenario that he is the guy to win you that. So does that worry you in terms of this game that you're the favourites, you're by far the favourites, probably, I think, the biggest favourites of the whole weekend, I'd say, out of all that. I think it's more than Dallas against Packers. I think it's more than... Chiefs Dolphins, but I think just um, do you think that maybe that could be the thing holding you back more than anything else? Just uh, the mental side of it, and just that thing of knowing that you know trying to win your first one for the team ever. The players have got that on their back, a bit like you know team behind me there trying to win the first Premier League in all these years. For a lot of years, it was sort of a bit of a burden on the players that sort of expectation and hope. So, is that maybe something that could potentially cost you this game? Just the mental with- side. Without a doubt, there are two two minds that rule this game, as far as I'm concerned. One is Sean Dermott, and the other one is Josh Allen. If Josh Allen can put four four quarters together, then the Bills win this game. You know, he just we just will. He's the force of nature. When you saw the shift from the first half to the second half against Miami, when he's on it. I don't really see any team beating us. However, he's not always on it. And sometimes he coughs up the ball in places we'd rather he wouldn't. So I think that's one mental area where anything can happen. And the second one is Sean McDermott and has proven in 
all kinds of, of, of games, not just playoff football, that sometimes his decision-making is not good. And sometimes when the the, the, the pressure is on, he turtles up and he, and he goes more conservative when we should be going more aggressive. So yeah, I, I can guarantee you that nobody in uh, Bill's Mafia are betting the overs on that, that line. Um, I think that if anything, we feel like this is going to be a really, really tight game. And it could come down to mistakes, you know, especially in, in tricky weather conditions. This could, this could be one of those sort of turnover games where, but the team that makes the least turnovers wins. Um, it's not going to be flashy, um, that's for sure. So no, for sure, I, I don't believe that the Bills are, I think, optimistic, but not confident. We haven't seen it from McDermott yet. What I will say, though, is if the Bills can get past the Steelers, um, then... It does open up, I think, a little bit to get to the AFC Championship game. No one else really worries me apart from apart from the Ravens. Um, I think the Ravens are a really, really good team, and I think getting to the AFC Championship would be would be pretty a pretty good result for this season, given how bad it was looking <laughs> midway through. But yeah, I think it's the mentality of this team which is is under question, and that that comes from McDermott. So yeah, it's definitely uh, a worry, <laughs> that's for sure. I can imagine, especially as you could have been easily looking at a game on Sunday Night Football. Potentially, if the Jags have won against the Titans, that could be in the game that you're looking at going, well, if you lose this game, we're out of the yeah. playoffs completely. So to go from that to being a second seed uh, is quite the jump. Um, predictions time. So we're going to go by one-on-one. Um, everyone's predictions for this game. And if you want, you can do a score as well. So Freddie Hall, over to you first. Um, what's the score going to be and who's going to win? Steelers are going to win, obviously. Okay. I get my terrible towel as well out, just to remind the Jaguars about this bad boy. I got this over Christmas, <laughs> which is very good. Very, very happy with that. Straight from America as well. I have a friend who was going through Pittsburgh and managed to get me one. Um, and I, I will go 18-15. Okay. Um, other Freddy, your prediction for this game? Well, I was going to wait. I'm quite glad I'm second because I was going to wait and see what Freddie said first. And if he'd gone <laughs> Steelers to win, I'd I'm going Bills. And if he went Bills, I'd have been the, the homer. So I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with my head and say that the Bills will have enough to win um, on Sunday. i if it was dry and if it was dry and clean conditions, I'd have said the Bills would win in a blowout. Um, but I'm going to be a bit more conservative and say they win 21-10. Okay, and then Charlie, over to you for your prediction. Yeah, so I'm going to go for a Bills win. Um, I'm going to stick with the prediction I gave on my podcast this week, Bills from afar, which is 20-10 to 10 in the Bills' favour. Uh, I think this will be tight. Uh, and honestly, none, none of those results would surprise me. So, fingers <laughs> crossed. Okay, well... I've also got with me a uh, terrible towel. I don't know if you can see that there. Um, also from America. But I'm not... I'm not compare really... towels. Compare towels. <laughs> I think mine's, mine's a bit ready, I think. I got mine off the floor. So I don't know how you clean yours is, but... Um... Well, it's considering it's not left the house yet, it's uh, impeccable. But I'm sure over the years it may get a couple of beers, blood, sweat and tears <laughs> soaked into it. So, you know, and you can't wash it because it then becomes your lucky towel, doesn't it? But yeah. Unless we lose it whenever I take it <laughs> and then it becomes the unlucky towel and then yeah. it will get put in a box somewhere never to be seen again. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah I'm, I'd love to sit here and go Steelers are going to win. It would really help if Mammy were to win and the Steelers won, it would mean that we would go uh, I believe to either Texans or Browns uh, on the road. But obviously I don't expect either team to win. A little spoiler for later on uh, in our next episode. But, yeah, I'm going to go for the Bills. Uh, I just think that they're just – I think they're just too strong. I think if TJ Watt was there, I'd be a little bit more confident in the Steelers. But I just think without him, I just I just, I just don't think they've got enough to handle the Bills, who are one of the more informed teams. Now, I do think – I wouldn't be shocked if they lose because um, Josh Allen has his tendencies, but I also think he 
is um, the kind of guy you want in the big game. So for me, I'm going to go for the Bills. I'm going to go for a 15 to 10 win. It's going to be one of those weird score lines and the Bills are going to win. Um, but yeah, that is where we'll end the podcast for today. Uh, before we do go, actually, um, news broke in the last, literally the last hour or two um, of Bill Belichick leaving his post as New England. Um, quite a short press conference for what it was. Um, I was expecting a bit longer one. But quick take, we've got seven minutes after the recording, but what's your guys' take on on that? Because obviously it's a, a guy who's tormented me and Charlie for the last 15, 20 years, um, and obviously <laughs> you guys in playoff situations. So your take on his departure. I'm going to let the rain go to any of you guys to go first. Well, I guess given that we've played him an awful lot and lost him an awful lot, I should probably uh, step in. Um, you know, the guy's a legend of the game. I mean, it doesn't really matter his demeanor, his, his grumpiness or anything like that. The guy's a legend of the game and uh, won more Super Bowls than anybody. And he, he, he deserves respect, um, but I'm delighted he's leaving the division, if I'm honest. So um, uh, if I had to listen to one more Belichick press conference where he just <laughs> grunts or even doesn't answer questions, uh, it's just too much. Um, I think he's also, he's been a really bad GM. Um, in recent years, I think his drafting has been really, really poor, and he's run that he's run that team into the ground. You know, um, he has really drafted badly, and I think that's that's what's caught up with this team. Um, and uh, I think the Patriots fans deserve some fresh. Well, um, those are the ones that are still there, the ones that haven't, you know, just become Brady fans and and focused on Tampa. The ones that are still there deserve a slightly better situation. But look, the AFC East is a gauntlet now. You know, we have Rogers, Allen, and, and Tua as the quarterbacks. It's 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 a tough place to go and have to build a team. Um, and um, it'll be very fa- interesting to see what Robert Kraft does. Um, I, I find it hard to see what's going to happen next. My heart says maybe it's it's a Mike Vrabel thing, but. I don't know. Is is that the best job, given the fact the AFC East is so tough? We'll mm. see. Just it's actually this may surprise people. I actually want him to stay for the reason you're saying. He was a terrible GM. Uh, he was really <laughs> um, struggling still, I think, to adapt to the modern day game. And he, mm. offense wise, was looked really bad under Belichick and Mac Jones looked terrible. So I think that in a way, I'm sort of glad he's gone because he did caused a lot of problems for basically all my time being a Dolphins fan since what 2009 I've been a fan but at the same time it's been that bad recently uh, they're probably going to they're going to get a new GM now they're going to get a new head coach and that might be the thing that turns around to be a good team again especially if they go and get a good callback in the draft so I'm solving two ways about it but uh Freddie's uh your your quick thoughts on that on the Bill Perchek departure um I'll, I'll, I'll go first this time um yeah I think I think that um I can echo because we also lost to the Patriots <laughs> countless <laughs> numbers of times. Um, so, uh, yeah, our record was about, I think we had three wins with Ben and against sort of 18, 19 losses. So, yeah, we're, we're well well, well known to have lost to the, the Patriots far too many times. Um, and, yeah, the same. And we it's, it's not just Belichick. We've just lost Pete Carroll and Nick Saban all in mm. 24 hours. It was just a crazy, crazy three greats of the co- and of the American football coaching world have all gone and yeah, that the off season's mad already and most of us aren't even in the off season yet. So um yeah, crazy scenes. Belichick's a legend. Um I, I absolutely love him to be honest. I and I say as a Steelers fan, I, I absolutely love the bloke. I love his press conferences because <laughs> it's so refreshing to finally see someone take it to the journalist asking the idiotic question, the seriously stupid questions. And I'm glad that someone just comes back and says no, I'm not answering that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I agree. I, I actually thought, I honestly thought he would stay, but the Patriots would bring in a GM. 
um, and just let Belichick coach. Because I think as a coach, Belichick still very much got it. His defense still played well this year. Obviously, on offense, it's been a, a bit of a joke. But um, defensively, it's really well coached. It's every year. I think he'll still carry on. I'm not sure where he'll end up. Um, but I, I, I think if, if he's in the right position and they've got a GM there who can work with him, that's that that will be the challenge that will work out well for him. But as a as a coach over the years, yeah, fair play. Um, you can't it's hard, to, it's hard to see him going into an interview and charming, you know, somebody, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I just it can't be quite that. funny though when he's been on like the college game days. He's very yeah, funny. Yeah. He has a very good sense of humour. Um, I I echo everything that's been said so far. Greatest coach ever. Great greatest coach ever. It is a remarkable what he did in New England. And it was a pleasure to watch at times. Um, and it was frustrating to watch as a Steelers fan as well as it was for the rest of rest of uh, rest of us as well. Um, but my thing is, is is sort of same as Andy. I, I think he's failed to adapt, and unfortunately, you adapt to fail. Then um, he's not got younger in the right departments. His drafting's been terrible. He's not moved with the times. And I'm very much of a thing. I'm very much of a mindset of you, you know you have to change. You can't be scared to change. You have to adapt to change and move with change. Um, you can still keep your ideals, you know, It's it, you can still keep your philosophies, but you have to adapt them philosophies to the, to the what is the modern game. Um, I mean, it could be really fun if he went to the Chargers and Nick Saban was his OC. That could be the, the funnest thing we could ever see. Um, but that is obviously I'm just I'm, I'm spitballing and joking on that with tongue in cheek. I don't think that will happen, but I, I think he'll carry on, though. But I don't know where. Interesting. And we actually have opinions on this one. Our Patriots fan on the podcast, another Fred, um, Fred Patton. Um, he's going to now tell us his thoughts on Belichick leaving the Patriots. And those are Freddie's thoughts on the news. Um, and that's where we're in the podcast for today. So first of all, thank you all for listening. And thank you to both Freddie's and Charlie for coming on. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for having us, Andy. And cheers, guys. No problem at all. Right, if those of you who are listening to this podcast, enjoy the game. It's going to be on Sky Sports and Game Pass. Enjoy it, and we'll see you guys for our Chiefs Dolphins review. See you then. <laughs>